How's it going, all you fingies and toesies? This is the Chumps to Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. How you doing, Danny? I, okay, I didn't, I didn't expect that. And after fingies, I was like quickly trying to think of what rhymes with fingies. I'm like, I got, I got, I got nothing. So that was another good one. So you set the bar pretty high for these intros here. Oh, yeah. Jumps Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are like a week and a half away from Hall of Fame game, which doesn't generally mean anything except football is back. But Matt, big announcement here. We have hit 5,000 downloads and listens for the fantasy for the what's it called? The Chumps Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. So, so congratulations to us. Um, we're really, really, we're really good at this. Only is, about three thousands of three thousand of those listens are me, you, and Scott. So. Yeah, that's right. And another guy who uh, we have an audience member uh, today that is a loyal listener, listen to every single episode. Keith, Keith is in the background. Shout out, hey Keith. Hey Keith. There he is. So yeah, Karen was busy with work stuff tonight, so he needed a babysitter. So he's here. <laughs> so there he is in the back of the room. So today we're gonna talk some news. We're gonna talk some. Uh, fun uniform things that are coming up. And then when we get to the bulk of it, we're going to do quarterbacks and tight ends uh, consensus rankings. I guess I should note that Scott's not here. Probably haven't heard him. You haven't heard his voice yet. I hope you just didn't say anything. Until <laughs> <the> very end. <laughs> He's just so forgettable that <laughs> I just was going to. Pre- <laughs> no, he's at the beach just partying. So good for him. But he gave us his rankings for quarterbacks and tight ends. So we have tied that into our consensus rankings. We'll go through the top 12 of those. Talk a little kicker in defense because you got to talk a little kicker in defense. But let's start, Matt, with the news. Um, as we know from our last show and probably only from our last show, because I'm sure people only get their NFL news from us. Saquon Barkley was going to play this year on a franchise tag, but wait, wait, what? He signed to say today, this morning, a one year, $11 million contract when he was slated to make 10.1 on the franchise tag. How? Okay. So the deadline passed for them to sign a long-term deal. I thought after that deadline passes, you can't do anything besides sign the franchise tag. That's what this I thought too. Like some bullshit to me. Until someone on the 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 TV or the the interweb said, "You can sign a one year deal. You can still sign a one year deal, okay. so it's going to be fine. Whatever. So they, can, gonna, they can basically they're paying him more than the franchise tag to make him happy. A little. So he was before this going to like he was going to get ten point one million with no signing bonus and no incentives, and he was going to be able to skip camp. Now. He is going to have that same 10.1 million, but 2 million of it's going to be a signing bonus. So I, I don't know what that is. And then the rest up to 11 million is incentives, which I'm sure he'll hit. And then he's got to report to camp. So I guess this is like, uh, I guess it's a little better because of the sign on bonus. I, I, I don't get it. I sure as hell don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I thought the whole thing people were saying was like, they just don't want to go to the camp, so they're going to hold out camp and then sign the franchise tag. Yeah. That's, bingo, that's bingo. A, so what's Josh Jacobs going to do now? Same thing? From what I've heard, maybe from Keith sitting next to me about 20 minutes ago, is that Josh Jacobs isn't anywhere close to signing right now. And that could be hmm. some hardball, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I Josh did... Jacobs will play this year. He doesn't seem like he has 
the Le'Veon Bell star power to just be like, no, I'm just going to hang out on my jet ski all year. Agreed. Agreed on that. And like, I think it was like a day or two ago, Saquon's like, I may just hold out the whole entire year. So we'll see how that goes. And then here we are when he signed. So I don't, I don't think that, I mean, 11 million is a pretty good chunk of change, right? I, did you guys just want to like pivot right now? Who is this soccer player who just got offered like a $1.1 billion one year deal? Mbappe. yeah, in Bombay, isn't that Mb- crazy? Yeah, Mbappe they, is uh, they broke young. it down by the the typical like oh by like month by day by hour and all this kind of stuff. And the one that just stuck out to me was every day he'll make two million dollars. Insane. Yeah, that's. I think that's you, you gotta take it. Like it's probably blood money, right, or something like that. I don't Who know. Cares? Whatever. Point, whatever PGA <laughs> was saying about LIV before they just merged with them because of money is probably the same thing people are gonna say before about him taking this deal until he just takes it because it's a lot of money right yeah at a certain point that's 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 fuck you money you can just do whatever <laughs> i could i don't care if you guys think i don't care if you offer me 700 million dollars for a year there's there's a lot of stuff i would do and playing soccer is one of them so yeah that's wild let's just talk about that no um good for saquon good for fantasy we can have a little bit of closure there jordan addison i think we touched on this at the end of of our show our end of last week when we did our other show but jordan addison the rookie wide receiver from the vikings was caught going 140 miles per hour in a 55 and we were all like oh bummer did you see that the reason for this came out i don't know keith what was the reason apparently his dog was having a veterinary emergency yeah that's right keith yeah his dog was having an emergency so he was going to the hospital was and he also a, like drunk and high at the same time? No, 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 he was not. And it's on the police report. So it's, it sounds like this is going to, I still don't think you should be driving 140 and 55, but from like the court of public opinion, I think people are not going to give a shit about this. And to yeah. be fair, I don't. So is there anything in the player conduct policy rule book that it seems like uh, Roger Goodell just makes up out of thin air that says that you're not allowed to, go 145 in a 55 when you're taking your dog to a medical emergency <laughs> all of a sudden that'll turn up yeah he'll get suspended for like two years and it's like <laughs> no we're not going to stand for this yeah but dog, dogs don't have souls so <laughs> but yeah that guy who beat his girlfriend he's good he's good he's fine he did his there time. wasn't video evidence yeah <laughs> yeah uh naeem hines running back for the buffalo bills uh tears his acl totally wrecks his knee because he was sitting on his jet ski in the water and another jet ski hit him. And now he's out for the season because he needs surgery on his knee. That sounds like like his fault. That's (laughs) suspension for being on a jet ski. That's a bummer for him. That's I bet he just drifts into irrelevancy now. Right. Yeah. I thought that he, I thought he was old, but Naeem Hines is like 26 years old. So he should be, he should be fine. He should be fine next year. Now I have to Google whether or not Aim Hines is 20 is 20. What did I say? 26, 24. He's young. He's like yeah, the fourth. I, I don't think goal. he's super old, but what I was saying about him drifting in irrelevancy is like, he's not good enough to be able to be like, I can't wait till Naheem Hines is back from his ACL. It's going to be like, he's going to get cut. And then <laughs> some team might pick him up and we'll see if he finds like playing time type thing <laughs> next year. Yeah. Like this time next year, I'll bring up Naeem Hines and one of you guys is going to go, 
Oh, yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's neat. And I'm, I'm literally <laughs> going to say, what happened with him again? Yeah, remember oh, that he's guy? the guy with the ACL and the, you know, the jet ski. Yeah. Uh, your boy, Jamison Williams, wide receiver for the Lions, has a leg injury and he's going to miss multiple days of training camp. But Dan Campbell says injury is, quote, not significant. This is a real bummer to the start of his career. Yeah. Well, luckily he has six weeks to rest, right? Hey, well, I mean, it was like hockey. They say leg injury. Okay. Which part? But I meant like he he can't play this first six weeks of the season because of his gambling suspension. Oh, yeah. So That's it's like true. Who, yeah. As long as it's not more than a six week injury. Why was he even out there? Why were you out there? No, I, whatever. Also, I heard Kadarius Tony, Chiefs wide receiver, hurt something, had some minor surgery, and he's questionable for week one. It's good to be questionable for week one uh, when you're in July with a with a new injury there. I just traded him in Dynasty. I traded him away, so I'm Two fine with that. Two ways to look at that, Danny. One way is it sucks that they're already questionable for week one. The other is, hey, He's still expected to play week one right now. Huh? Well, your so microphone totally just muted out your fart noise. Uh, you. I think it'll come through on the, the recording because this has happened before. When you're, like, right, if you're listening it. right now, tweet us at chumps to champs fantasy football podcast. If you heard the Danny fart. Yeah. Or send us an email to chumps to champs podcast at gmail.com. I remembered the password to that account. So oh. I can now I can see it when you send it. So positive. Uh, let's talk a little bit about these the string of throwback jerseys and uniforms and helmets that teams are seemingly blasting off on like an hourly basis. Have you seen some of these, Matt? I have, but I'd still like you to paint a picture for the audience. I'm going to describe. This is great <laughs> podcast uh, content. I'm going to describe what I'm looking at here and you can just picture it. So. Let's start with the Denver Broncos helmet. The uh, they they have an, these are alternates, by the way. These are not like permanent changes, but white helmet with that old big big D with a with a horse, big old D, a big old D with a horse. Uh, I think we did a logos episode in the off season, and we had this as one of the top picks, I believe, for unit for like logos. Yeah, it's, it's pretty uh pretty good looking helmet. What do you think? I think the logo is still amazing. One of my favorite ones in the NFL, but I just, I get that the Browns never wore a white helmet, at least that I'm aware of, but the whole concept just screams Browns to me. It's like that old school lines and the, the blue doesn't come through. I don't even know if it is blue on this throwback. I haven't like seen it, um, but it looks like a Browns jersey to me. Looks yeah. like if the Browns went with a white helmet, this is what it would look like. Nice with a D with a d <laughs> well with a logo right <laughs> right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever so, happened with the whole like brown selected their logo thing and everybody's like they're gonna put something on the helmet finally and i was like i haven't seen anywhere that actually says that this logo that they selected is gonna go on a helmet that didn't happen right they, ne- they never said that it was gonna go on a helmet they just said they were gonna select a new logo and the logo they chose was awesome and they're not yeah. putting it on the helmet but i still think the funniest thing that could possibly happen is to put a, a logo of the helmet as the logo on the helmet. I, <laughs> I think that is so clever and I think <laughs> that it would go over so well that people would love the Browns. I would it, like them more. It would be amazing for a season and then it would, <laughs> one it would season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The novelty for sure would wear off, but <laughs> uh, 
I would love it. <laughs> Speaking of just helmet changes, the Detroit Lions have this throwback to what year was it? I don't know what I don't know when the year with the throwback year it was, but it's as it, it's a it's a lion, but it's as if my five year old son drew a lion from memory. It's kind of stretched out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Lions fan describing it in the nicest way possible. <laughs> They're gross. And I'll say um, that it's kind of gross. I'm trying to find the date range. It was like 1946 to 1969 is when this logo was in play. And Jeez, is that true? I mean, could people even draw back then? Okay, Danny, <laughs> you need to see the 1934 to 1945 logo. And I'm just going to snip this guy. Okay. So I don't chat. have to I don't have to search for it. You're just going to put it in the no. chat for me while we talk. Okay. That's good. I think you would love this and if I'm correct, Mandy would hate it. So, okay. Okay, let me try to think of okay, it's just so for context. Oh my god, I love this logo so much. <laughs> so, it's just for everybody, it is certainly a 1930s football player with the football he's running but he's riding a gd lion no what what's great about it he's not actually riding it it's like they he's running along next to it the picture in front of the guy he doesn't have a leg over the lion oh my god it's like he's (laughs) it's like they're running next oh man that that is a rock solid logo but instead they went with some stupid crap in 1946 and 1969 it's it's a simplified version i'm sure um, into, it's yeah. not great, but what I have to get at is I think the next logo sorry, 1960 is reminiscent of what it is currently, but they added some more detail in like 2009. And I think the Lions logo now is just one of the greatest logos in sports. Well, that's it's that's such a thing. great looking line. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a strong logo, primary logo. That's a good looking line. And they went with something dumb, but I get it, it's for the history of it. I want to get this logo on a pint glass for sure. I'm going to look for that. <laughs> I got to get that or a shirt. Oh, that's so good. And you're right. My wife would hate that because I think we we must have talked about this on the show before. She just doesn't like logos of of the animal or person or whatever it is playing the sport. <laughs> I just love the fact that you could tell they wanted to have the football player riding the lion and they just like kind of just pasted a lion on top of a football. Well, how do we like, hey? <laughs> Good enough, guys. Lunch, lunch. How do we, <laughs> how do we get the leg over his body? Oh, we can't. This is probably fine. But it's fucking 1940. Yeah, <laughs> We're the, not getting the leg over the body, guys. The lion is a pretty solid looking lion, but then it's like, but how are they going to know that the, this is for a football team? I got it. <laughs> Put a football player behind them. Genius, genius, genius. <laughs> oh, other things that came out. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going with their creamsicle orange jerseys and that badass looking pirate buck. I guess it's a buccaneer. What's the difference between a pirate and a buccaneer? Is it the ship that you ride? I don't know. Start describing the jerseys and I'm going to Google it for you. Well, let me find it. Uh, they're, they're like a very light orange with a darker orange and white accent, white pants. They are just so badass looking. They're just so good. Yeah. I I'll never say a bad thing about the dreamsicles. Yeah. And I love the knife in the mouth. Like the logo is great yeah. too. Like yeah. you're not playing this whole like, oh, the Denver throwbacks, great logo, not the greatest jersey. This one, everything across the board, great. But Buccaneers are usually distinguished from privateers because they rarely had valid commissions. They are also distinguished from pirates 
who attacked ships of all nations. The lawless form of piracy was outlawed and at last checked during the early 18th. So I guess buccaneers would attack ships, but only from certain nations. Okay. Hmm. That seems like a, a lamer version of a pirate. Okay. Well, maybe just more like more integrity than your normal pirate. Right? Oh, maybe yeah. that's what they're, they're like. Should we be the the pirates? No, we'll be the buccaneers because they at least had some morals. So they're like racists. Like they only attack certain. It's like pirates, but racists. Oh, no, it's kind of like your nation like launches a campaign against another country so that everybody hates them and then you attack them so it's not really racist so isn't that like... racism <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's called patriotism Danny. <laughs> oh baby oh oh goodness let's move on seattle seahawks <laughs> the seattle seahawks came out with a throwback uh, which also looked really good they brought back a lot more silver the silver helmets and more of a royal blue than uh than a navy blue, uh, brighter green. Oh, they, they look good. I have nothing else to add. It's the same logo. Those things look good. Do you have anything to add on the Seahawks? I'm going to enjoy seeing them on the field because I can't say I used to love those Seahawks jerseys, but when I see like an old throwback, and I can't even think of the right player era for this, but you see that old Seahawks with the silver pants and the silver helmet, and you're like, I didn't realize it was so different than what we see on the field now. And it's just a totally different era. So it's going to be a, a jog back in time for me mm-hmm. this year. Well, let's get to the the good part. The Tennessee Titans, our Tennessee oh. Titans released uh, a Houston Oilers throwback of a light blue. I think it was a light blue top, white pants, the red accent, the helmet's got the, uh, the oil uh, uh, thing. What is it? What was it called? Oh. Derek Tower is that what they're called? Is that true? Derek, they're called yeah. no Tower? way. And they and we've got Derek Henry. Oh my god, that is quite the quinky dink. That uh, we I say we as in the Titans, they're if they lose, what game are they playing? Two games a season, they'll get to see the old school blue. Please tell me it's against Houston. All the fans are calling for them to wear this in Houston when we play Houston, just because in Houston. Oh, geez, because as history will, I don't know, in the past number of years, there's always been a battle like Houston thinks it's their jersey, but it came with the franchise. (laughs) I get that it was based in Houston, but it'll be funny, right? Houston, you guys suck. Then you've got uh, other things, the Colts. The Colts have the like I guess I guess it's a little bit different. The main thing that I saw on their throwback is it a throwback or is it just an alternate? I think this must just be an alternate, right? It's just a instead of the white helmet with the blue horseshoe, it's a black helmet with the with the same horseshoe. Yeah, it's kind of boring. It's yeah. not great. I feel yeah. like you need more black accents, and then the it's one of those things where it's like I think now like certain blues are acceptable with black, but I remember like years ago like i have no fashion sense but if i ever wore blue with black people are like you know that doesn't go together so i just see it i'm like you're not supposed to do that right yeah you're not supposed to do it <laughs> yeah that's right yeah they look they look like uh college uniforms somehow yeah kind of kind of stupid um the eagles have that kelly green that, ri- that rich green with that uh the old school eagle you know what i think of when i see that jersey I think of Mark Wahlberg 
from uh, that movie uh, where he wore that jersey. Not an actual. I don't think of an actual NFL player. Sure. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Then you've got the the Vikings, Browns, and Jets that threw together some throwback stuff with block lettering. They were kind of they looked fine. They're kind of boring. I don't know why I ended on that one instead of the Titans one. But so how come like this year there's finally a push for like some teams to get some cool throwbacks and there's people like the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers who wore the bumblebees in the past oh, and so good. The Green Bay Packers who wore whatever those terrible like blue and tan pants, like new those, pants. Yeah, like, those were too boring. Those were too boring <laughs> for me. Like I, I didn't like those, but to dislike the Steelers bumblebee, it's what, just, what I'm saying it's is why me. were these two teams allowed to do it? <laughs> they're the because they're the Aaron Rodgerses and uh the uh the Ben Roethlisberger's just got such a good fan base. They're so football focused in that city. <laughs> Did you know that, that the Green Bay Packers own the the team? <laughs> how many times have we heard Did that? You know that? They just issued shares of the team to residents of Green Bay. The the people run it. The people. That's why it's the best franchise. Whatever. Uh, any other news you want to talk about before we get into our, our rankings? No. No. Keith, you still good back there? Good? Sir. Yep. Yeah, he's good still. So <clears throat> let's talk consensus 2023 fantasy football quarterbacks. Like I said at the start of the show, we've got Scott's stuff in here. We'll really rip on him for his rankings because he can't defend himself. Uh, and that's what we're all about here. We, we can agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. Are we not going to be busting out the Scott voice at all here? <laughs> at the right time. At the right time. Hey, guys, I'm right over here. <laughs> <laughs> I just chose that to be the right time. So number one for the Chumps and Champs this year is Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Matt and I have him at number one. Scott has him down there at three like a little bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this guy is so dumb. I may have picked my top three intentionally so that Patrick Mahomes wasn't our overall number one. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. So all integrity we have. So, um, yeah, I guess that's true because Josh, Josh Allen's on there. Three. Honestly, we have the same three in our top three. And I think we can all agree. There's kind of a a break after the the top three here, but we're talking about Josh Allen here. This guy is a machine. He uh, throws the ball a ton. He runs the ball a ton. He is their goal line back. Um, He had flashes of, oh, my God, we just know that this is going to be a touchdown drive by Josh Allen here, and he threw the ball the entire way. Are you at all concerned? Do you have any concerns about taking Josh Allen? I know you're not a big quarterback drafter in early rounds, but if you were to get Josh Allen on your team, you would still be thrilled, correct? Absolutely. I, I'm a I'm a fan of the team, fan of the guy. He's he's done it all on the field. I would have no complaints. Are, Probably not going to take him. Are you right? Are you concerned at all that they are talking about possibly drawing back on the goal line runs or these designed runs that are going to get him potentially injured? They're saying they're going to go towards, hey, no, maybe don't sure die. They're also going to want to win games. And if he can put the ball, if he can put the biscuit in the basket, they're going to okay. give him the biscuit. So if he can score hockey goals, that's technically what that is, right? I think it's put, like it's 
It's kind of but, a phrase you can apply to what you want, right? <laughs> you, can do it, you can do anything, but but isn't it a hockey phrase? Put the biscuit in the basket. Well, give me a football phrase for putting the ball in the end zone. <laughs> That's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, Josh Allen, he only played 16 games because there was a game that was vacated because of um, teammate almost dying. But still, he threw for over 4,000 yards, 35 touchdowns. He just makes that a habit all the time. He's elite. And I don't know what is there much more to say about Josh Allen. No, he's he's got pretty decent weapons um, there. He's done it all before. Good team. Solid everything. He's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, we have met 101. We shouldn't have to justify this too much, right? Right. Let's move on to number two is Patrick Mahomes, who could be at number one if Matt kept maintained integrity pre-show during his <laughs> rankings. But maybe, 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 maybe. He would have had him at three anyway. Matt's got him at three. I've got him at two. Scott's got him up there at number one. Patrick Mahomes loses Tyreek Hill. He wins the Super Bowl. He loses one of the best wide receivers. Like again, I guess that's Tyreek Hill again. Throws for five thousand yards. Uh, only player to throw for five thousand yards last year. Only player to average over three hundred yards per game throwing at forty-one touchdowns. Quarterback rating of one hundred and five point two. He was just, he was just really, really good. And it doesn't seem to matter what weapons are around him. They just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. I mean, and I said it last year too. They they lost Tyreek Hill, but they added some pretty big names in there to fill that gap. They weren't Tyreek Hill, but he had plenty of weapons there. Like, I think my argument last year was Aaron Rodgers has made it to Super Bowls or made it in deep runs in the playoffs with a lot less. So if this guy is a franchise quarterback and he deserves his half billion dollars, he'll be fine. And guess what? He was fine. He deserves to be in our number two in our rankings. He's going to be good. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey is like 80, but whatever. I guess he's still going to keep not being covered by anybody in games. So mm-hmm. he'll be fine. Uh, what is he, 33? We how I, I can't believe be, I how many times we turned like 33 right when the season started last year. So he probably turns 34 right about when the season starts this year. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know why people people don't know just to, to like guard him, but that's what happens there. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, he's awesome. I mean, fourth round. We get into the fourth or fifth round of an of a fantasy football draft. Are you thinking about taking either one of those guys? Fourth or fifth round? Yeah. Josh Allen or Patrick yeah. Mahomes still there? Yeah. 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 Like, I don't take <laughs> quarterbacks early, but as far as I'm aware, they're going sometimes at like the this two, three turn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, sometimes the middle of the second. Yeah. 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 I mean, you get them to me in the four or five turn. All of a sudden I'm making a decision. Last time I took a quarterback early was Kyler Murray in the, on the three, four turn. And that turned out terribly for me, but I'm ready to get hurt again. Dan. <laughs> That's right. That's right, baby. <laughs> Our number three consensus guy, Jalen hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles had a breakout campaign last year. Just really good stuff. He threw for 3,700 yards, which was 10th out of all quarterbacks in only 15 games. But the real story was what he did on the ground over 700 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns. That's what's going to win you fantasy weeks is the Jalen hurts multi-touchdown 
from the ground kind of things. And that's why I think he does belong in this top tier with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. You've got him at two. Scott's got him at two. I've got him at three. Really interchangeable there. But you think Jalen Hurts is going to continue? I do. I don't see there being any way that this team isn't a powerhouse again. He's, I don't know, he's good on the ground and in the air. He's not, he, it's not like he lacks accuracy in the air or talent in the air. Mm-hmm. I like him this year. And they have yeah. that patented, uh, they call it the tush push, that fourth and one, fourth and goal from the one, third and goal from the one. It's just like Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball up the middle and nobody can stop it. So why would they go away from that? I don't see why they would. And then they got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Oh, baby, maybe I have them too low, a number two there. But, yeah. Do you think there's a, a tier break after these three? It's like the second or third time I mentioned it. Do you agree after Jalen Hurts, there's a little bit of a gap between those three guys? Oh, absolutely. Next those guys yeah. are the top three. Yeah. Number four for us is Joe Burrow, your boy. Which Joe I'm Burrow. the only one who had him ranked that high, but I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm all about him. I I've enjoyed watching him play. I've had him on teams and I'll be rooting for him and I hope he doesn't go too early. It'd be nice to snag him in the right spot. If I'm sure I'll still be in like running back wide receiver mode when he's going off the board. But if the, if the right, like if somebody stole a player from me and there's not anyone else there screaming at me, I might snag Joe Burrow when he goes, what round What's his ADP right now? Do we have that? Oh gosh, I don't have it. But if I continue the sentence, I can have it momentarily as long as the words come out so, um the middle of the fourth round that's in probably a 12 team league but fourth to fifth rounds yeah i mean if he yeah. falls to the sixth that's that's probably where i'm liking joe right all right i mean he doesn't do much on the ground but he throws it a ton and yeah, he was fifth in yards last year, 35 touchdown campaign. He's got the weapons there and Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And he's only going to get better. So I don't think he's there in breaking into that top tier because of the lack of running, though. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and it's crazy to think that every one of those top quarterbacks now has a rushing threat and mm-hmm. flashback not even what five years ago and our top three probably didn't have any rushing threat. They were just traditional pocket passers. So it seems like it's been a slow change. Like you've seen these guys be effective and now it's like, you got to be able to rush as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. At least a little bit. I mean, Daniel Jones is relevant now. How weird is that? I don't know why I'm ragging on Daniel Jones. He didn't do anything. Yeah, Joe Burrow, <laughs> what he did do was rush for like 80 yards and then trip over his own feet and not get oh any points. Oh, my God. He, I, can you imagine losing fantasy football on that play or like losing a like couple thousand dollars in Vegas because of that? I, 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 I don't know. I don't think we'd be laughing <laughs> as much if that happened to us. That will never be not funny to me what happened to him, though. I'm so sorry, but... Yeah, but that's Joe Burrow. He's going to be awesome. Number five is Lamar Jackson. I've got him at four. Scott's got him at four. Matt's got him buried down there at six. But Matt has not really ever been a Lamar Jackson believer. I would I would say that you're not a Lamar Jackson believer. Would you agree? I think it's been, it's been too long since he's really 
Don't it's been you? a while. It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's that's fair. But when he was, we know what his ceiling is, right? His ceiling is that MVP year in whatever it was. Was it 2020 or 2019 or whatever? 2019. In 2019, he threw for 36 touchdowns and he rushed for over 1,200 yards and he won the MVP and was unbelievable. Now, that was four seasons ago. Since so then, I think this season is going to be the difference maker because this is going to this is going to be different. Okay, Th- this time he's gonna he's gonna have weapons and he's gonna be a little bit healthier, and they've got a different offensive coordinator, and so it's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. Damn it! <laughs> but I I think that's what you're drafting Lamar Jackson as is hoping that he gets back to that over thousand yard rushing like that he did two years in a row in 2019, 2020 granted the last couple of years, he has been injured. He's only played in 12 games the last two years. So that has kind of capped well, 12 games. He had 2,200 yards passing, which if you extrapolate that out, there's nowhere close to the top four or five players. So why do we think that even if you extrapolated that out, even if you had a buffer in there, it's not hitting that he had 17 yeah. TDs. 2200 yards passing he's never been i mean the passing is not super relevant it's gonna be just like justin fields we're gonna talk about here in a little bit the passing yards yeah he's never been great it's the rushing he's like a running back and a quarterback in one because of all that i mean 1200 yards rushing 1005 yards rushing when he was playing 15 games and then 12 and 12 games play last two years he was still over 700 yards each of those. So he was doing it. It's that running, man. That's why I think Lamar Jackson at his peak versus Joe Burrow at his peak. And they're going like back to back in ADP right now. Joe Burrow had twice as many yards passing as him in four more games. Mm-hmm. Two times as much. You're going back to that passing, man. But what about the rushing? He had more than two times as many. Oh, Sorry, that's not true. Almost two times as many passing TDs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did he have 1,200 yards rushing, Joe Burrow? You know what? I'm not looking at rushing stats, but it might be <laughs> uh, that's a couple of clicks away. No, I just think that's that's what I'm basing my Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow on is can Lamar get back to running really good? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't think that Matt's going to have any shares of Lamar Jackson, so- though. Patrick Mahomes had the most passing TDs at 41 last year. How many do you think number two had? Number two and three are the same quarterbacks, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. How many? Wait, 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 how, how many, many passing? Yeah, they were number two and three, and they were they were tied on passing TDs. Oh, well, I just said Josh Allen at 35. So it's oh, got to be 35. Okay, <laughs> so wait, it's got, I'm going to go with 35. 35. All right. 35. Hey, hey, I wasn't listening to you, Danny. It's it's that's typical. Okay, well, this one's a cool one. Who was number four? Kirk Cousins was up there, wasn't he? Is that what you're gonna go with? He's actually five, so you're missing one. Oh, who is it? One of those guys, or he's a fun one. I, I'll get a good Jared off. Goff. No, it's Geno Smith. Oh. Okay, I'm almost to the same page as you. Oh, Jared Goff was tied with Kirk Cousins. That was really close with oh, both yeah, of those picks. 
Oh, what a fun group of guys. <laughs> Still to hang out with them. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Oh, number six, Justin Herbert. I think he belongs in the same group as Joe Burrow, Mar Jackson. I mean, I've got him at six. Scott's got him at six, and you've got him at five. So you've got him ahead of Lamar Jackson. Why do you like Justin Herbert more than Lamar Jackson this year? Well, I think last year seemed like a down year for Justin Herbert to me, right? Mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. the second most passing yards. Did that seem like that happened? That did not seem like that happened. <laughs> Obviously, his TDs were down. Obviously, there were some troubles in in the he was hurt. He was hurt though. He like had a broken rib or something because they said he played 17 games, and I don't recall that. I thought he did miss some time. Right? It wasn't he one of those guys where like the whole like he missed we would miss practice on Friday and it was like Justin Herbert's not playing. It's like, well, well, we gave him some shots and put like a one of those rib protector things on him, and he'll be he'll be all right. And he still threw for 699 attempts. Not like we punctured his lung with a needle or anything. Come on, guys. Man, that's how he started his career. Remember that? Remember the quarterback that that happened to? Uh, this is someone with a J, right? I think it was uh, Tyrod Taylor, wasn't it? Tyrod. I was thinking a JJ. It was a TT. Common mistake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Common mistake. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of hurt. He still did incredible. Um. I think that we're going to see a Justin Herbert blast off. In fact, I may need to move him up. How can I get? So, well, I mean, the reason why here, and I remember in the draft, and you'll have to refresh my memory, they drafted a stud wide receiver for him to add to the mix, right? Quinton Johnston, yep, from TCU in the first round. So you got Keenan Allen healthy, you got Mike Williams healthy for now, and Quinton Johnston, and then Austin Eckler back. And Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. That's not that's not bad. No, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I mean, the, the only person that threw more than him, I think, last year was Tom Brady, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, people are expecting Gerald Everett to be more than shitty at tight end. We'll talk about him a little bit later. <laughs> so it's like, here you go, Justin Jefferson. I don't know what his line looks like, and obviously that plays a big factor, but you got the weapons. Like you got you meant Justin Herbert. You meant Justin Herbert, not Justin Jefferson, right? Probably. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I did. But here you go. You got the weapons. The best pass-catching running back in the game. An aging veteran. A guy who, I guess, not necessarily prime, but, I don't know, Mike Williams, I'd say, like, he's finally hitting his stride kind of guy. And a stud rookie. And a tight end who's serviceable. Mm-hmm. This is your receiving core. Do it now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. Do you remember... When Mike Williams got drafted, the Tennessee Titans chose Corey Davis instead of Mike Williams. Yeah, we could we could have Mike Williams on our team. Mike Williams had some years of struggles, and who knows? Like, I think he finally started turning it on when Justin Herbert came there. So it could have been a new chemistry, a new talent connection, whatever that really put him there. And Mm -hmm. whenever the Titans shipped away Corey Davis, that was still like the right pick over Mike Williams, right? Based on production and what he's done. Nah, probably. I mean, at that day and time, I'm just like saying he he wasn't the best, but he had some value, like he had some production. Right, right. Consensus number seven quarterback is Justin Fields. I have him at seven, Matt and Scott have him at eight. Justin Fields, uh, he is good at running. 
had uh, 1,100 rushing yards. That's over seven per attempt. Eight touchdowns on the ground. He did that whole Lamar Jackson 2019 thing there. He can work on his throwing, though. I think we can all agree. Guess who Justin Fields had the exact same number of passing yards as? Uh, Lamar Jackson. Yep. He had to, he had to have brought that same. up. So we're in, in agreement. Three more games. Wow. Okay. See, well, there you go. I don't know. I, I like my problem with Justin Fields, and I think he has the opportunity and the talent to be ranked here, but I'm still not going to be targeting him. So it makes me conflicted about my ranking. Mm-hmm. This Chicago is a team that has to prove something to me before I really trust anyone there, right? Like, are you going to feel good about sure. drafting Justin Fields as a seventh quarterback off the board? Because I know he's going to run, I would feel good about, I would feel okay with it. I would feel okay with taking Justin Fields. I would. I wouldn't like it nearly as much as the other six. But when you wait to take quarterbacks, this is the kind of thing you have to just. He had a weird roller coaster last year because he started off in irrelevancy and then he just blasted off for what, like four or five weeks as like some insane quarterback. Like this guy was the new Patrick Mahomes, if you remember the year Patrick Mahomes took off. Yeah. And then he kind of faded back away again at the end of the year, right? Yeah, he got hurt, I think. And then he then they're like, Okay, we're wanting that number one pick, so maybe not maybe, maybe not you. Do good things. Yeah. But yeah, he helped win me the Frederick League for sure. Um, because he's a midseason pickup and I was bouncing Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, and it's like I have to keep playing Justin Fields because this guy is rushing like you wouldn't believe. So because of that, yeah, I would be okay with him as the seventh guy because the guys behind him, I, I there are issues with these guys as well. Our number eight, and this you want to talk more about fields, we can talk about them all kind of clustered together, but like, call me old fashioned, Danny. I will probably do I that. I like my quarterback to be a quarterback first and a rusher okay. second. Okay. That and you I yes feel right I, if that's I not think you are old fashioned. Yes, I think that is correct. Because the fantasy old fashioned. Uh, I would if, if you're gonna make an old fashioned, just make a Manhattan. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I was just playing it up for the listeners on that kind of the, <laughs> the pun there, but oh, I yeah. did not get that. I did not get that. Okay. Um, number eight is Dak Prescott. What that is Dak. that true? Dak Prescott. I guess I have him at eight. You've got him at nine, and Scott's got him at seven, which puts him right there at eight. What? But now that I'm reading that on a list, I don't like it. But I mean, he's healthy. He's got a breakout superstar in CD Lamb. They just got Brandon Cooks. No more Zeke Elliott in the backfield. He's got people around him. A decent O line. And when he's healthy, he's always put up decent numbers and his team around him is healthy. He only played 12 games last year. So again, not a a fully healthy year, but his stats were okay during that. And I think this is the right spot for him. Mm -hmm. Isn't he like the oldest? What was the stat on it? Like, the quarterback who's been on one team for the longest time in the NFL right now. Does that make sense to you? The what? So this will be his eighth season in Dallas. Is that true? So once Aaron Rodgers moved to the Jets, no quarterback has been on the same team longer than him. When did Patrick Mahomes come in the league? I guess it was 18, wasn't it? Or 17. Yeah. I think Mahomes is younger. Yeah. 
Okay. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Dak Prescott is the most franchised quarterback in, if that's a word, most I'm, franchised. I, I'm looking through the rest of the, yeah, that's got to be true. That's got to be true. That's a bummer. Man. Yeah. He's 29 years old. He's well removed from that like graphic ankle injury. Remember that thing back in 2020? Just when his ankle snapped in half, like a pencil. Use it all together and glue the bones up. You don't need an ankle. I've been saying it all along. You do say that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Every day. No, he's been okay. As he, I mean, last year, after he broke his ankle, I think it's fair that his rushing attempts and uh, average yards per rush went down because to start off his career, six touchdowns, six touchdowns, six touchdowns, three touchdowns, and then broken ankle. And then the last couple of years since the broken ankle, one and one. So he's not going to run the ball very much anymore. Are we okay with his passing stats then? Let me like break out some other seasons too, but I, I like, I swear the guy always has sneakily good seasons and the, just the Cowboys. I mean, don't trust him in the playoffs. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. No, you're like, yeah. This is the year that he was out. It was so 2020, 2020. He was out, uh, after five, uh, after five games. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was out most of or almost all of 2020, but in 2021, the dude came back with 4,500 passing yards and 37 TDs. The guy can throw the ball still. Last year, he was a little bit injured, but assuming, like I said, he stays healthy and he has a decent team around him, he can be every bit of quarterback. What do we have? Eight this year? I'm looking at him in 2021, just passing wise, passing yards. He was QB seven. That's not accounting for anything else he did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm fine with it then. I'm fine with it being at eight. Nice. Number what? Uh, nice. I win. Number, you win. Number <laughs> nine is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Scott and I have him at nine. You've got him up there at seven. So you like Trevor Lawrence more than see. I feel like I need to have Trevor Lawrence ahead of Dak Prescott though, because weren't we kind of I seeing think there's, there's a ceiling. There's an upside. His floor is certainly lower and we're taking out all the injury risk here. Like the Jags can always be the Jags, you know, but Trevor Lawrence has shown flashes. He's young. He's talented. Um, they're adding pieces. I'm way more excited for Trevor Lawrence than Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Do I, like, if, if I'm looking at my lineup come week one and I'm starting Trevor Lawrence and not starting Dak Prescott, do I feel better at that instant in time? Not really but I'm definitely more excited for him on the fantasy year than Dak Prescott. Yeah. And like, aren't they going around? Let's see. Trevor Lawrence is going in the sixth round right now. Dak Prescott's going in the ninth round. So I guess we, I mean, you'd probably rather have Dak Prescott in the ninth and Trevor Lawrence in the sixth, but is the sixth round too early for Trevor Lawrence? I don't know. Well, we were talking about uh, Herbert's weapons earlier. Trevor Lawrence has Etienne, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, whatever, and then Evan Ingram. That's a pretty damn good receiving core for a sophomore year um, starting quarterback. Um, I think he has some line issues 
looks like injury and suspension. I don't, I don't know what the situation is there. I'm just looking at a depth chart now, but line could be an issue, but mm-hmm. I'm excited for him. Yeah. Number 10, we got Deshaun Watson, the pervy McPerverson, as uh, as he's as I refer to him as of just now. I've got him at 11, and Matt and Scott have him at 10. I I guess I feel like this is a good spot for him because we know what his ceiling is, is to be an unbelievably good, efficient passing and running quarterback, and his floor is to be absolute dog shit. So probably knocking off some rust from his two years off last year, right? What do you call those like those bar charts that have like the top and bottom range on each like that's a point that's the average and then mm-hmm. the top and bottom range. His range is going to be huge. Like he, we know his ceiling is being the best quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. His floor is totally irrelevant. Yeah, totally irrelevant. So you're taking on a lot of risk here. I'm not going to be the one taking on this risk, but again, where, where he averages out probably about 10. If you want to take on that risk and that moral dilemma, Go ahead. <laughs> so there are no moral dilemmas in fantasy football. I will tell you that right now. Tyreek Hill won me a league. Deshaun Watson was good for me back when he was good. And I still think I I do think Deshaun Watson's going to be better this year. With two years of rust, I think I think you can expect him to not be so great last year. And that's what he was. It was not so great. A whole year of feeling- off season. He's probably pretty tight. I was wondering. (laughs) (laughs) He can only get massages from Cleveland Browns uh, personnel. So how do you think that first massage went from some just random like new masseuse? masseuse? Do you think it's probably guys now? Like only I I would have to imagine they're assigning him dudes if he wants a massage. So there's no way they're like. Okay, Jason Watson wants a massage, and we have <laughs> new grad twenty four year olds, and we're gonna send her in there. There's no way they're gonna nip that in the bud. They're gonna mitigate that. It's not happening. Do you think? <laughs> do you think Jason think... Watson is still is really trying to find somebody to massage the inside of his anus? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, I, sometimes it's just what you need. But do you think? <laughs> do you think like they like went through all the stuff with with him? Like, all right, dude. Nobody likes you right now. You're super creep. You're only getting massages from Cleveland Browns people. Do you understand? And he's like, yeah, no, I totally get it. And they're like, all right, this is Bill. He's going to give you the massage. He's like, oh, do you, do you, do you, do you mind if it's a woman? God damn it, Deshaun. What do we just know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just, I just would prefer it just be a woman because of the hands, because of the hands. Like nobody knows. Do you think he just hates massages now? Because it's all dudes. I don't know. Dudes that probably hate him. I think he's done a reasonably good job of just staying out of the spotlight, right? Like he's like, I get it. I like I'm a weirdo and I fucked up and I'm just gonna I'm gonna do football now and I'm just gonna stay and stay and I don't think that happened at all. I don't think people changed. Not like that. <laughs> I, I think he's like, do, getting... do you think he's like going the other path? And he's like, I know I like this weird shit. And I'm just going to like go to areas where it's legally okay for me to ask, pay somebody to do this weird. Shit. I, I bet you people reached out to him saying, Hey, I 
for the right price i will do i will do the things that you want i bet you for the right price that's what happened and he just sold has him signed (laughs) that's that's my whole business yeah oh my gosh yeah i mean for for a couple grand yeah i'll be over your house right now that's what they're saying not that I sent him any DMs, but uh, <laughs> but there's there's oh, people very interested. <laughs> it's just if you're listening to Sean, it's so gross. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, we're done with Deshaun Watson. Number eleven is Tua from the Miami Dolphins. Did you know that Tua had I? Now I don't know if the stat is going to be right. The highest quarterback rating out of anybody last year. His problem was just concussions and injuries and like not small concussions and not few concussions but mm-hmm. his problem was concussion <laughs> no i'm sorry he was uh his quarterback rating he was number two behind brock purdy with brock purdy qualified well, he, he had a good rating because but, he's pretty good oh my god <laughs> so no, passer rating excuse me passer rating he is the hit the second highest pass rating he was incredibly accurate um, and he hit some boom weeks with Tyreek Hill and uh, Waddle. So I think that if he didn't have these graphic issues, concussion and spinal injuries, multiple, I think I would have him much higher. I would have him higher than Dak Prescott. But I, my big worry is that he is one concussion away from not being in the NFL anymore. Is that, I mean, that's a legit possibility, right? I mean, it has to be with the severity of his concussions. It's always a question in your mind. By the way, which is better, the passer rating or the QBR? Because I remember one of them being like, that one's not relevant anymore, and one of them's better, and I still don't know which one is better and what the fucking difference is. I'm sure I could Google it. I don't. I, I don't know. Okay, well, uh, you Google it. His Google QBR it. is better. He is not that high on QBR. He's the third behind Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Mm. Well, that makes sense, though, because those guys are really good, too. But you get the point. You get the point, too, uh, is a young up-and-comer, and I think that he can be really, really good. But, but. he's got concussion problems. And he had I think he had a concussion when he was at Alabama, too. And then the hip injury that when that hip got shattered and now all these other, I, I worry, I worry about drafting him because he could just be out of the league if he gets hit one more time wrong. And it sucks to say, cause he's really good, but is that your only concern as well with Tua? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean it, and it's going to keep me from drafting him because if, if I could be, I guess nobody's guaranteed not concussion issues, but if there wasn't the history there, I would be really excited about Tua. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, yeah, for sure. And closing out our uh, top 12 consensus quarterbacks is Jared Goff. Oh, yay. All three of us have him at number 12 there. Jared Goff of the Lions. The Lions are the uh, the the team that's getting everybody hot and bothered this offseason because it looks like finally they have a legit shot at winning the division and making the playoffs and making a big run if everything hits the right way, right? And it's it's your Lions, so you talk. I'm just going to say this right now. Whether it's QBR or passing rating, QBR, Jared Goff, was number five last year. Passer rating, he was number seven. So we're undervaluing him here at number 12. See? Um, he's 
I mean, we all talk about Jameson Williams being out six weeks or whatever and potential injury, but Amon Ross St. Brown is a stud here. They've they've totally changed their running back room, but as much as I don't agree with some of the changes, that they still have weapons there. Um, Khalif Raymond, Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones Jr., they kind of fill out the receiving core until Jameson Williams comes back. Tight end Sam Laporta. What do you expect out of him this year? I think I I think you know what I expect. So I think we've got a bet on this. Oh, that, I, don't uh, know. I don't know. You you remember uh, our, oh, do our we bet? We do. I said that he's going to be a top twenty tight end in fantasy, and you said no. And then we looked up what makes what made a tight uh, tight end twenty last year, and it was like six hundred yards and like a touchdown. And you're like, oh shit, maybe. But yeah, well, you know, this is like a, a win-win for me. If, yeah. if he is good for the Lions, then I get to enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And if he's bad, then you I win the bet. Bet against you that we're probably never going to really mm-hmm. end up paying out anyway. Right? We the reason that we didn't pay out any of the bets last year is because we forgot all of them. But this, <laughs> but this year this we're starting to write different. down. Yeah, this this is year year four. We'll we'll get it. That's quarterbacks, Matt. Any other ones you want to talk about before we move on to our tight ends? I'll nah. go through some of my honorable mentions. Kirk Cousins, I think, is is going to be relevant in drafts. Aaron Rodgers, somebody's going to take him. Uh, Gino, we talked about him having a ton of TDs last year. Who knows? Anthony Richardson, decent amount of hype there. Don't think he's going to do anything myself. Brock Purdy, I'm interested in him super late. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be streaming relevant. Hell, Stafford might be streaming relevant. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not even on either you or Scott's list. And I think he could do something there in Vegas, right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think he's super undervalued. Maybe not like fantasy relevant at first, but I'd keep my eye on him. Um, I don't know. Then you get into like the, the Jordan Loves, Kyler Murray's like, okay, this guy's getting a shot. This guy is fading into irrelevancy, but there's still going to be names out there. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I didn't even mention Daniel Jones. who's on both your guys' list, but I don't like him. So you can, you can talk about how awesome he is if you want. He, he ran for over 700 yards last year. And I mean, he's got a lot of random wide receiver, two level guys and Darren Waller. So, I mean, I got him at quarterback 16. So if you're going to take a shot there, I would still take a shot on Geno Smith like you were talking about before him with all those guys, Anthony Richardson. (sighs) So you either are, yes, I believe in Anthony Richardson or I don't. And I don't think I do because the guy was, I mean, he can run the ball. I mean, that's what, I mean, he can run the ball really well. And now I'm talking out both sides of my mouth, but I don't think that he's going to be able to move the ball that much for the Colts to where he's going to be relevant. Cause I, I just I don't I don't buy it. They're just but, still not going to be scoring a lot. Is what you're saying? Yeah, and so I don't I don't see him as good of a runner as Justin Fields or Lamar Jackson. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Especially not this year. Let's see if he can do it. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but yeah. I'm just not going to bet on it this year. I, I, you could find a diamond. He could be unbelievable, and you'll win the league if you take him with your last pick. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. Like we just talked about that last round pick being your sleeper, like your your depth reach pick, whatever you want to call it. But as far that's as that's like, fine, oh, like, yeah, 
I want to take this irrelevant wide receiver or this irrelevant Anthony Richardson. I think it's similar upside. Sure. I know, especially if you're going to take like, like if you get Jared Goff later on in the, in the draft, then why not, why not get Anthony Richardson? Because Jared Goff's going to be good. He's not going to be quarterback one, but Anthony Richardson, if he does rush for like 1300 yards, then he could be. I'm going to snip that of you saying Jared Goff won't be quarterback one (laughs) or when Jared Goff is quarterback one. All right. Let's have a bet. I bet you he will finish at QB two or worse this year. And you, <laughs> we we didn't say finish. You just talked about some point in the season when he was never going <laughs> like, to quarterback well, one. I bet like, you there is one, a week he goes off and he's quarterback <laughs> one. <laughs> I bet you Jared Goff will have a week where he is the best quarterback for that week. I bet you he will. Oh, that's interesting. If you say no to that. Well, what do I what do I say? I agree. I mean, you I, want I me mean, to, like you want me to bet you, so I'd have to say no, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> That's correct. Tricked into a bet here. Yeah, and a bet that you don't, and a bet that like you don't want to win because you're a Jared Goff and Lions fan. So, and yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Let's talk tight ends. Well, can we can move through these a little bit quicker because they're tight ends and kind of like blah. But number one, Travis Kelsey. Um, we all have him at number one. Uh, I don't. You have Kravis Telsey. Excuse me. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> but this guy led all tight ends and targets and touchdowns and yards and receptions and fantasy points. All, all the things. So he finished with over 100 more fantasy points than uh the second second best guy in PPR scoring. That's that's ridiculous. But he's old, right, Matt? He's he's always gonna be old to me. I like there's no way to not rank him number one. I think I said the same thing last year and I just I can never bring myself to draft him. And then what was I saying like week four of last year? Like God damn it Travis Kelsey's a cheat code for teams that have him because you have such a benefit at that tight end position. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be the same thing again this year. It probably is. Last, I mean, last year he was going in like the end of the second round, which is still really, really high. And this year he's not leaving the first round. No. Now, but you're right. It, I don't. I don't like his value going up as he gets older. I'd rather say the same, but I get it. it like as people saw him as a Chico last year, and he was. <laughs> But the reason he was a Chico is because he was so much higher. He was so much better than even the second best tight end. Is he going to be like that much better than the rest? Because if the other guys behind him get close to him, if Mark Andrews can get close, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, any of those guys get a little bit close to him, then he's not a super value in the first round. I I don't think so. I know Mark Andrews has had like one year where he beat out Travis Kelty. Kelsey, but he's so TD dependent and I don't see that happening this year. And I'll spoiler alert. I'm not excited about like the next five tight ends after Kelsey, especially with them, like starting to go early in drafts and then you get into like the, the six through 10. And that's where I'm like, all right, it's coming at the right point in the draft. And I'm kind of excited. Let's go with one of these guys. I don't don't, know if I don't get Kelsey early, which probably isn't going to happen. I'm going to be waiting. Hmm. Well, let's talk about the number two guy, which is Mark Andrews. We all have him at number two. 
But yeah, I mean, let's just put Travis Kelsey behind us. He is a Chico, but Mark Andrews is definitely. I mean, he he's definitely the second best tight end in the group, right? He's going in like the third round. If you I love, I, yeah. The thing I say love, about him every yeah. year is that he's TD dependent. But guess what? He keeps getting open in the end zone, and he keeps scoring touchdowns. And he put together some decent stats outside of TDs last year. Um, I think mm-hmm. he did. Up, but. Yeah, I mean, he had 113 targets. Um, 73 catches for 847 and five. I mean, and I don't think he played the whole season. Did he play the whole season? I don't know, but that's a good amount of targets for a tight end. I don't, I don't even care about, I've, I've always said on this podcast for the four years we've done it. Like my biggest thing with tight ends is finding somebody who actually gets some targets. Like you Mm -hmm. give me an average of like seven targets a game and that's a starting tight end every week not even thinking about it so right right and so yeah he had a 29 percent target share last year and they're talking about lamar throwing the ball more that's what they're talking about but 29 percent target share and he did that if you just throw the ball a little bit more i mean he's going to be great i don't see a scenario outside of injury that he's going to be the second that he's going to be lower than tight end too i really don't it's just where do you take him do you take him ah. At the end of the third, you take him in the top of the third. I don't know if I feel like I can do that. That's where he's going. Would you take him there? Third round. That's fourth tough. round. If I would fourth round, I would for sure. Fourth round. I'd be tempted. I'm just, I'm so focused on running backs and tight ends. It's hard for me to really get. Unless you mean, I'm really you mean wide receivers. Them. Yes, yes, I did. Thank you. <laughs> Number three, we have TJ Hawkinson. Um, Scott and I have him at three. Matt's got him at four. The Minnesota Vikings, uh, new hotness. He was he, he showed flashes last year. He had a, a game there where he had, I mean, it was insane. He finishes the tight end two on the year in full PPR, at least. That's crazy to me. And he had a game where he was, yeah. Week 16, he went 13 catches for 109 and two touchdowns. Like, that shows you what he can be and what he can do. And, I mean, this target share, once he got to Minnesota uh, for week nine, 9, 10, 9, 6, 6, 8, 9, 16, 12, and then he got pulled from the game because it was week 18. That's... So- This is what I I was not as excited about him. Obviously, like I loved him when he was back on the Lions and he moved to Minnesota, which is an interdivisional move, which isn't fun. Um, And I didn't really I thought he was quiet for a couple weeks, at least there. I know he had some flashes and I didn't really know the targets were like that. The production was like that. So I'm I'm getting hotter on him. I was lower than you guys. But like I said, this little this grouping of tight ends, I'm trying to find someone to get excited about. I'm trying to be excited about it, Danny. I, I know, I know. Maybe I can maybe I can build on that. Yeah, you, you can get behind TJ Hawkinson. He's yeah, he's our number three. And you've got this guy, number four, George Kittle, a little bit higher than him. you've oh, got him Kittle at three. Diddle. Yeah, Scott's got him at four. I've got him at six. So why do you like George Kittle? Other than he's just so sexy. Uh, I, I think he has the talent. He's been playing through injuries in the past couple of years, right? And mm-hmm. I think he's going to be 
just fine with uh, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy throwing to him. And he's the main, I don't know. I can't say he's the main w- target on this team. Yeah, but, Debo and Ayuk. Yeah, yeah. Debo and Ayuk, but he serves a totally different purpose than these guys. And he's not going to get faded out of the rotation. And I wish I had the stats in front of me right now with like when Purdy was playing and when mm-hmm. Kittle was active and all that. But I, I think this team's going to start gelling and, Man, the 49ers for the past, what, five years have just been that team that just keeps getting riddled by injuries and inconsistent players and all that kind of stuff to where it's hard to really grasp where people have been at times. I guess McCaffrey being there, could that pull some targets away? I think that's my biggest concern, not really Ayuk or Samuel. Yeah, last year, so this is what, yeah, you kind of named the reasons why I'm a little bit further down is because of all the other options and I think he had 11 touchdowns last year, which was really boosting him up, which is awesome. You can't just say, well, that doesn't really matter because it does. Touchdowns are awesome. But his catches after his bye week went one, four, three, two, four, four, six, four, four. Like, but his touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, two touchdowns. So he had a week in there, like Hawkinson, six for 120 and two. He can win you a week. So. I mean, the talent that's, is there. That's scary with the targets. The TDs are nice, but when you're just a red zone threat, your team has to be scoring. Your team has to be producing, which is a, like I've always said I'm scared of Mark Andrews, so I can't mm-hmm. I can't really uh, be hypocritical here, but I'm going to be, I guess. Well, the string of what I was saying were, were the catches. The targets were 2, 6, 4, 3, 5, 5, 8, 8, 6. I mean, a little bit better, but I mean, there's a string in there of three games where he finished the the day with three catches for 26, two catches for 22, four catches for 28. And it's like, that's a bummer. And then he blew up on the last four weeks of the season. He was awesome. So, I mean, I say that he was awesome. I mean, he had a, he had multiple games where he had 20 something yards, but yeah, touchdowns were there. So I don't know, mm. but you, but you get him like in the sixth round now or something like that. So, that hey. feels better. You don't have to take him in the third like you probably had to a couple of years ago. And I'll tell you what, like, I mean, I always say it, I like to do three running backs and three wide receivers in some mix. And if any of these guys are hanging around in the seventh, I'm not going to hesitate to to pull a trigger and somebody like a Kittle or man, if a Hawkinson came down there, mm-hmm. even a Goddard. I was excited about Goddard last year. I'm still kind of excited about him. And that's the next on our list, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dallas Goddard, Philadelphia Eagles. We all have him at five. He came in at number five. I mean, he's this guy is real. He's the real deal there. Um, with Jalen, I mean, when you saddle yourself next to Jalen Hurts, it's a good thing. He missed a bunch of time and he still was hitting good target share. He had multiple games of nine targets, seven, six, which is the goal of what you want. He's involved with a high powered, high scoring Eagles offense. So I'm in. I'm in on. I think he is a part of this Hawkinson Kittle group. I feel like you would agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what else there is to say. Do you have any more on Dallas Goddard? Nope. Like a situation. He's in good situation, Danny. So Darren Waller changes teams, Matt. Now he's on the New York Giants with old Daniel Jones over there instead of Derek Carr and the Raiders. So I 
am big on Darren Waller with this change. I've got him at four. You've got him down there at eight. You don't believe. And Scott's got him right in the middle of there at uh at six. So this wasn't even intentional by me, but what did I spell Darren Waller? Yeah, I, I was I was wondering what you were going for there, but it was just an accident. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I kind of like it better. Yeah, he should change it. Darren Waller. Uh, Either I mean, way, I don't know. Like he's he's had amazing seasons. He's had dud seasons, and it's like a back and forth. And I don't know what to think here. So mm-hmm. I I have him below some guys. I'm just a little more excited about like Kyle Pitts. I know, I know. Like <laughs> I know what last year was for Kyle Pitts, but he also set records as a rookie. Um, I'm Evan Ingram. I'm kind of excited about. So I have him nudged up there well before you guys. So that's why Darren Waller's. You're not a date for me. Yeah, I think that he could be the leading uh, target getter for the Giants. Because um, I think he's super, super talented. So who knows? I think the range of outcomes. We talked about the range of outcomes for somebody earlier. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I guess it is what we talked about. Yeah, Darren Waller's got a wide range of outcomes, too, because he's pushed into the top three tight ends before in his past. And with a new team in injury history, he could be nothing. but. The place that you're getting them. Talk is... about a team filled with wide receiver twos. Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard. Right. I don't even Isaiah Hod Hodgins. Is that a rookie or no? He's he came from the no, he was on the Giants last year and he was okay randomly. But yeah, same. Him slated in as starter over Wandale and Sterling Shepard. That seems weird to me. Oh, they're both listed as out with injuries. Okay, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Cole Beasley is on the roster according to ESPN.com. Why is that real? <laughs> yeah, I think I saw that somewhere. They have a bunch of What's slot receivers. Big thing? What 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 was his big uh, uh the COVID thing? the 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 uh, oh yeah the, yeah, the yeah. vaccine thing. Yeah, Darren Waller though he's going in the eighth round. That's that's palatable. Like that's tolerable. I can do that. Yeah, I, I feel like, like I said he's had up years and he's had down years. You're not investing a lot in the eighth round. So yeah, if he does this year, th- guess what? Stream one of these guys that I'm kind of excited about later that some of them might not even go in the draft. Right. So number seven is Kyle Pitts for us. I mean, Scott have him at seven. Matt, you've got him at six. You're a little bit, a little bit higher on the possibility there. Yeah. I mean, Atlanta is still going to be run focused, obviously, with the addition of Bijan Robinson. Um, and who knows with Desmond Ritter? I guess is it is it technically Heineke? I'm seeing Desmond Ritter slotted ahead of him as starter. Yeah, I, I think, think that's it's Ritter. The, yeah. I, somehow I feel like that's the expectation, but just knowing Heineke and how he's scrapped into everything he's gotten so far, I can see somehow him being like the week one starter because Desmond Ritter is a little not there yet, and Heineke is just proving it in practice to where I, I'm not counting Ritter as a starter week one yet. And I actually like pits more with Heineke. Uh, I don't know. We may be a little bit biased with our Taylor Heineke uh, talk, but have you seen him dive at a pylon? I have, and it is just exquisite. Uh, he's a gamer. I don't know if Desmond Ritter is a gamer yet. Okay. I'm not saying he's <laughs> no, we, bad. If you were to, if you called Desmond Ritter a gamer, I would be like, okay, then we just need to pick a new word. I guess <laughs> you're just <laughs> calling everybody gamers. Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess it means nothing to you. No, but Kyle Pitts is still one of the most athletic tight ends. If they can use him the right way, if they can start passing the ball more. Yeah. 
he's right in the same boat as Darren Water and Goddard and Kittle, and he's going in the sixth round. So in that range that you're talking about, if you can get him in the seventh, that'd be amazing. Um, Does it scare you that there's a backup behind him who is a studly ex-Titan? Is uh, Who is it? Janu Smith. He's on the Falcons? That's according to ESPN.com. He is. I didn't know that either until right oh, now. Oh, wow. Well, isn't that yeah. neat? Well, that's really something. What's he doing backing up? In, I guess that's a whole Arthur Smith. It was like, I, I like this guy when I the Titans. I might as well take him here. You know? <laughs> that's probably it. Number eight is Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've got him at eight. Matt's got him at nine. Scott's got him at eight. Scott just copies everything I do. It's just Pat Fryermuth. I really liked last year. He was just like that sure hand, salad. Like I, I missed on like pits in the league and got Fryermuth, and he was like my oh my god, thanks. I have somebody to start now. Um, mm-hmm. And it was a rock for me. He wasn't amazing, but he did what he did on a team that wasn't great. And I think the team's going to be a little better this year, right? A little bit. A little, a little bit, yeah. And and I, I think he's still going to draw the targets because they're still going to be trying oh, some safe passes and all that kind of stuff. And Pat Fryermuth didn't disappoint. So mm-hmm. I, I have no qualms taking him at this draft capital. So this will be Fryermuth's third year in the league. In 2021, he had 79 targets as a rookie. That's not bad. He had seven touchdowns as a rookie. That's not bad. Last year with Kenny Pickett, he had 98 targets. I mean, they weren't great targets because it was with Kenny Pickett. But still, what do I say about tight ends, Danny? Yeah, I don't care as long as they're getting the target. We're talking half PPR here. I guess that's something we need to reiterate. You get mm-hmm. a tight end getting 98 targets in a year and catching, I don't know, how many he, did he catch? He, he caught 63. It was, but again, that that's, the, that, that's, that's the Kenny. That's the Kenny. I mean, it could be better, but that's Kenny yeah. Pickett. There. And you, you got to think that Kenny Pickett's going to improve. Mm-hmm. So this should get better. And I bet you his targets will go, breach the 100 mark. So, I mean, we're talking later tight ends now. Like, he's got, he definitely has upside. So I'm fine with taking him as your, I feel confident taking Prior Muth as your starter, especially because you can get him in like the 10th or 11th round. Right? Yeah, we're on board with Fryer Muth. We're, we're on board with him. Number nine is Evan Ingram. Scott followed me in having him at nine, but you've got him up at seven. Is this just go with your uh, Jaguars? You're liking the the weapons here and liking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and I, I hope I'm not just like hedging bets. I like, oh, I think the Jags are going to be good because I want them to actually suck. So the Titans have a better. That's chance, fine though. But... Oh, I'm all about hedging bets, dude. <laughs> oh, all about it. But Evan Ingram's just been that weird guy who's how old is he now? But he it seems like he's been around forever and right. had chances, had injuries, had just bad situations. And 28. Uh, he had one year where he dropped like everything, didn't he? Am I thinking yeah. right? With the it's Giants? Like he couldn't yeah. catch a ball. Yeah. Um, so hopefully he figures it out here. And I think Trevor Lawrence is a real deal here. So mm-hmm. tons of weapons, but at this draft capital, again, I think you're you're doing all right. So after after so week 13 and on, so I'm kind of cherry picking stats, but bear with me on that. Week 13, seven targets uh, and a touchdown. 40, week 14, 15 targets. He went 11 for 162 and two against the Titans in week 14. He destroyed us. That's the kind of 
peak that we talk about with Kittle and Hawkinson was like, holy, he could, if you started him that week, you won. As simple yep. as that. You, I mean, that was that's unbelievable. Uh, 10 targets the following week, eight targets the following week. He went seven for 113. So that's who you're hoping for when you draft. As long as he him. can stay in like shit, seven catch. I don't even care about seven catches. Give me seven targets every week with these other mm-hmm. weapons on the team. And I think he's going to produce on those targets. Mm-hmm. And we always talk about like, yeah, his target percentage might go down, but his quality of targets could get so much better when all the coverage is getting drawn to Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Etienne, um, especially Etienne drawing people on any kind of pass out of the backfield or anything. So mm-hmm. if the scheming is good and they keep him in the game plan, he could be a very good tight end. Mm-hmm. Number 10 is Chigakonkuo. Hooray. This may be a little bit of Titans bias, but I don't give a shit. Um, I've got him Which at 11. Which is really weird. We all have met 11, and there was no formula. Danny compiled the consensus, and somehow he's consensus 10, even though we all ranked him at 11. And I, yes. I'm sure that has to do with the other people's rankings. Yeah, that's fun. right. That's right. <laughs> but Chigakonkuo was a rookie last year out of Maryland, and towards the end of the year, he showed flashes of being really athletic, and for a team that threw the ball the third least amount in the league, he was still getting targets, five, five, six, five. There's a stretch there where he's in that. I mean, that's not a ton. It's not what you love to see, but he was doing stuff with those targets, scoring touchdowns, getting red zone looks. So that, I mean, I know that DeAndre Hopkins is on this team now, but I think that opens some stuff up. And I think the Titans have a more well-rounded offense and Chigakonkwo is a great, he's going to be a great tight end here. And I think we're about to see the emergence of him this year. So you're getting him at the very end of drafts. And if you punted the position, this is a great one for upside, right? Last year, we saw his talent on minimal volume. And I think this is where he's like, yeah, sure. It's Titan biased, but we saw him because we watched tight end or mm-hmm. Titans games. And I know every team probably has this guy, but we know what he can do. And if again, <laughs> they're if they all scheme, wrong. <laughs> and it again goes with uh, D hop is, is a new featured big target on the team, but he's going to pull coverage a good coverage. Um, so that opens up a lot of things for other parts of the offense. And I love what his possibilities are. Minimal draft capital here, man. Mm-hmm. You're talking, what is this round? We're, we're getting late in the draft here. 12, maybe. Yeah. Something, something like that. Who cares? Take him like and drop him in a couple of weeks. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number 11 is David and Joku. Um, Matt and Scott both have him at 10. I had him outside the top 12, which made him at 11, but I'm looking deeper into his, stats right now and i probably would have him close to chig so maybe 10 or 11 maybe they would swap around but either way david and joku i mean he was all the buzz a few years ago and they kind of faded away and towards the end of last year he was injured for a little bit of the part of the season but his targets are there man i mean his catches were not because sean watson was struggling so much but he had games 10 7 7 7 9 6 like his targets are there. And if we're expecting the Browns to do something, yeah, I think he's in the same boat as a Conquo. And I mean, this is a different situation and I, I guess we're cherry picking how to look at these situations. Sure. There's sure. not a lot else there. Amari Cooper's there. He's, he's getting older and they, he'll have flashes. He's always been a flashy type of wide receiver. Um, Elijah Moore, people's Jones, 
I'm not super excited about those guys. And mm-hmm. Joku being there is a rock who got targets from Watson, has chemistry building with him. I'm I've always been a Najoku fan too. So if mm-hmm. he can find the right situation, minimal draft capital, decent upside. Right. Yeah. And uh, our last guy, number 12, is Gerald Everett um, of the LA Chargers. Gerald Everett's last year with the Chargers, it was his, I believe, is his first season with the Chargers, but he set career highs in targets, catches, yardage all that kind of stuff. And I think if we believe in Justin Herbert and the rest of this chargers offense, I think that's what I'm more interested in is give me a tight end on a team. Who's going to throw the ball 600, 650 times. And with the quarterback, Justin Herbert, who can get him the ball in the end zone. I feel like you're not going to have as many dud weeks. That's my view of Gerald Everett. What about you, Matt? I think so. Like I... <laughs> all these guys are kind of blending <laughs> together. Aren't Every... they? I mean, here, like we're talking about these guys have decent upside. They've shown things in the past and he's in a good situation. Why else can you want 12th tight end off the board? Unless you're in a team in a league that loves to draft multiple tight ends, you're getting him like you waited on tight ends and you're getting Mm -hmm. Gerald Everett. That's fine. Stream it. We're not going to go into the deeper tight ends, but there's other guys there that are going to be out there and hopefully find the guy to hit. Like you're obviously investing in other positions early in your draft and your your team's going to look good elsewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there anybody else you want to talk about before we close this thing out? Not really. I, I think you're hinting at that. I had one other tight end on there that I just threw in there was Tyler Higby. Yeah, I don't mind yeah, that. I mean, I'm not excited about it, though. I just threw him on there <laughs> yeah. at 13, you know, I, I will kind of similarly. Bad. I did the same thing with Greg Dulcich. I've got him at 10, but it's just because I had him in a league last year and as a rookie, he was getting targets multi at four games last year with eight or more targets as a rookie, which can only get better. I mean, Russell Wilson played like shit, so maybe those targets will get better. So he's someone same boat as a Conquo and Ninjoku and stuff. You're at the end, throw one out there that you like, but uh, Dulcich mm-hmm. is one of them. But let's talk briefly about kickers and defenses because fantasy football leagues still do those and not to break. We're not going to go into rankings and whatnot, but thoughts. Let's start with kickers, mad strategy uh, guys that you like. What are your thoughts on kickers? I mean, we say the same thing every year, but I got, I got two guys I'm leaning towards. I'll, I'll just go with my first one. It's going to be my same guy as last year. And that's young ho Q. I, mm-hmm. I had him in a lot of leagues last year, and yeah, we know Atlanta struggled to score, so he didn't have a ton of points throughout the season last year, but he's kicking in a dome. He starts the year off with two home games, and that's against Carolina and Green Bay. I think those are teams... <sighs> Carolina's defense, I think, is going to be decent, but I think that they're going to be able to score and be competitive with these teams. He's at home, and then he goes away to Detroit, again in a dome, and my opinion on that is a high scoring game, right? Detroit's defense still has something to prove. Um, he gets into Jacksonville, another high scoring game. That one's his first one in the elements, but nothing too crazy. And then he has two home games, Houston, Washington. I think these are all scoring opportunities for the guy. So I'm not going to be scared off on a rough Atlanta season last year. I think young Hoku still got the talent and I should start saying it the right way. Young Huey, right? Young Huey, yeah. Um, I, th- I think he's still going to be my guy to go to. 
Mm-hmm. I think my thing is lately what I've been doing when I do kickers is to go just look at the offense. Yeah, the weather, the dome, that does help. But I I like kickers on teams that have good offenses, the Eagles, you know, the the Bills, the Chiefs, those guys kickers. If they're not, I mean, it's just a lot of extra points, but the teams move the ball into scoring range. So there's a lot of field goal attempts. And speaking of those good offenses, I'll throw out the other guy because he was probably yours. And I just want to beat you to the punch. But Harrison Bucker is looking pretty exciting to me. Um, And he starts Mm -hmm. off the the year against teams that I think they're going to they're going to score points every week. But he's Detroit, Jacksonville, Chicago, Jets, Minnesota, Denver, Clippers. Denver, Miami, like yeah, it just like the schedule doesn't look that scary, and this team is just gonna keep a roll, and I think, and he's gonna be putting points out there. If you don't, I mean, if I mean, it's there's two parts to this. Like, it's you're gonna beat teams down, but you're scoring a lot of points, or you need to score a lot of points to keep up with some other teams, and like Miami, for instance, and you're gonna score a lot of points, so. That's my go-to when it comes to kickers, and I like the strategy. You guys hear it all the time when we do our mock drafts of taking them. You'll you'll read everywhere. Take your kicker with the last round. I think you should take them a round before when you think you should, because then you'll still get the best of the best, and then shoot your shot on a late flyer that more than likely wasn't going to get picked anyway in the round in which you took the kicker. So that's that's my takeaway from kickers, and don't think too much about it. Okay. On the up, save, save that last round for the the crazy random flyer pick. That if he hits, you can brag about it. Yeah, because that's just going to up your kicker, up your defense, and it doesn't mean that you take the first one off the board. It means you get your guy. Yeah, and you get that guy who you like the situation with the best. Yeah, but defenses similar boat. Take them towards the end, but it's tough to just look at rankings for defenses and be like, well, I'll just take the top defense. I mean, that is a strategy you can do, but I don't like that. I stream defenses like you wouldn't believe. And that's how I approach the draft as well. Matt, I think you're on the same page of looking at a decent defense, maybe not the, the elite of the elite, but a good defense with a optimal week one, possibly even beyond that schedule. So you feel good about drafting them. Uh, like my go-to this year, I, I always try to find that go-to. And I think this year, the Denver Broncos defense is one that I'll probably be drafting a lot. They're in that, like, if you look at a ranking sheet, they're what, six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. But what I like about them is they start yeah. the year against the Raiders and the Commanders week one and two. That's that's great for the beginning of the season week three they play the dolphins i'll probably drop them then don't care but at least i had the week one week two flip side of that the new england patriots are going around the same time as the broncos and according to rankings they start off the year against the eagles and the dolphins are you are you going to want to play the patriots defense week one in fantasy or week two against those teams no you're going to hate it that's somebody you list pick to finish out your draft and then you're like, fuck, and you change it out before week one anyway. So yeah, just do minimal amount of matchup research beforehand. The one that's kind of calling out to me is Carolina Panthers are they're way down there at like 21 on the rankings. They start the year off at Atlanta, home against New Orleans, and then at Seattle. How I'd probably drop them before Seattle, but those two like Atlanta, New Orleans, that's right. 
that's that's a, that's a, that's not bad for a little start of the year. Right, like Baltimore, they start the year against the the Texans. They're a little bit higher up there. That's a great start. Week two, they play the Bengals. Don't love it in Cincinnati. Don't love that. But you can get your week one defense out of that. Maybe even try to trade them. I mean, I don't think you can probably trade defenses, but you can cut them. Who cares? You're going to find something. There's going to be weekly streamers there. Just start the year off right. Don't pick a team that's going to start week one and week two against crazy good offenses like the Eagles and Chiefs. But um, you got anything else, Matt? No, I think I think I think we did it all. Well, we, I mean, as a rocky robo, we got here without Scott. I guess next week, I think we're planning another mock draft, of course, because mm-hmm. we got to get those in. But thanks for sticking around. Thanks for listening to this whole thing, Matt. Take it away. I'm gonna give it to Scott. Remember, have <laughs> fun. <laughs>